Blog Talk Radio. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, January 17th, 2011. Happy New Year, happy Martin Luther King Day, and welcome back to the season 8 premiere of the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adults with cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhard, also a 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we are your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. Got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living, because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show, our season 8 premiere, Live Strong with... Doug Ullman, three-time young adult cancer survivor, founder of the Ullman Cancer Fund for Young Adults, and CEO of Livestrong. And kicking it off in the Survivor Spotlight, Dusty Showers, an unusual breast cancer advocate. He calls himself the man in the pink bra, and he also founded something called the Second Basement. And as a reminder, this broadcast is, as always, a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. Online at stupidcancer.com, we help young adults fight cancer every day. And we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year. So hello, my friends, and welcome back to yet another fun-filled and exciting round of the hand tonight's stupid cancer show where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. And a stupid cancer welcome to all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. All right, a stupid cancer show has a live interactive chat feed during each broadcast. We invite you to join in for the fun, connect with friends, and ask questions of our guests. If you have questions for any of our guests, just again, type them in the chat room. We'll try to get them answered. And here we are, kicking off Season 8 of the Stupid Cancer Show. Matthew, Matthew, how are you? Lisa, Lisa, and the Stupid Cancer Jam. That's right. How are you? I'm great. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. How was your... Uh, we've been away for a while. We sure have. Lots of things have gone on. It's been we like were... three years? <laughs> it felt like about three years. It was maybe three weeks? Possibly. Yeah, something like that. December 20-something. Our... 20-something. Yeah. Holidays? Holidays uh... were good. I mean, technically Hanukkah was at the beginning of I December, know. so for yeah. Jews it really sucked. Your Jew fest was before we went off the, the air. South Park Lonely Jew on Christmas was yeah. just, that's all it was. Oh, but, I'm sorry. And the kids, oh, the kids, they don't know yet how great Hanukkah is with eight gifts, but um, when it happens to be like a month and a half before Christmas, they're just going to really be pissed. And I saw Jessica tweeting and Facebooking still how many kids, how many people wish your kids a Merry Christmas. How many and kids she- we have? <laughs> How many kids do I have? Octo mom. I have no idea how many kids I have. I have a... And octo dad. Yeah. So I, meanwhile, speaking of octo mom, just to take a quick tangent, did you happen to see the um, the the, the throwdown that um, Susie Orman and Oprah gave her? No, I didn't. And I'm embarrassed to admit that, but it made the internet, so I just kept watching it. They were like, "You are a freaking crazy moron. Get a job, get a life, and stop living on the pity of people because you have 14 kids." They threw the, they threw down Octomom. I threw down Octomom. They tag teamed Octomom. Yes. 
Wow. It was amazing. She got a flogging by Susie Orman and Oprah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, get over yourself. Those poor kids. Those poor kids. Yeah. Well, anyway, just a quick announcement tonight for all of our listeners. Jack Buffard will no longer be joining us here on the Stupid Cancer Show. We wish him uh, good luck with all of his future endeavors. Yes, we do. So take care, Jack. And um, all right, what else we got here? Oh, I know what we want to talk about. We want to talk about Fox News. Yes, yes, we do. In the good Fox News, although I can as be if, nice. As, as if, a, if there's any other kind. As if there's, oh, I guess I, I guess I should be nice. They're not a sponsor, and we don't want them to not be a sponsor possibly one day. But Fox News Health. They're my former employer. Would people know that? Well, so, they do. <laughs> some people know that. Well, you're not there now. You know that. I know that. You're not there for a I'm reason, right? <laughs> Hot seat. I had I had I had almost four uh, fruitful years there, and uh, anyway, but enough about me, and let's talk no, about let's keep me talking and I too. and I too. Uh, we got some nice kudos from Fox News, and in particular, Dr. Manny. Yeah, I mean, we Fox were News. we were a uh, voted a, and this is pretty big. I mean, when we we were a Time Magazine Best Fifty website a couple of years ago, but this is a big deal. We were a top ten blog, top ten blog. Help for healthcare for 2010. Fox, Fox News top 10 healthcare blog, big news. And specifically named by Dr. Manny. That's Dr. Manny Alvarez. He goes by Dr. Manny, who is on the Fox News channel, and he specifically named us as a top 10 blog. And the good news about that is I had absolutely nothing to do with that. This is not a case of trying to pull any strings or call on the old cronies or anything like that. He stumbled upon us himself, or his people did. Because he's got people. He's your boyfriend. Just admit it. He's got. He's not my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's oh, quite, so that's what you're calling it. He's quite the ladies' man, though. He's 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 uh, had some hot chicks by his, his side. But he, anyway, yeah. he, enough about that. But he's um, and not because he's an OBGYN. <laughs> <laughs> dum dum dum. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's a very nice guy, and uh, with the Fox News Channel, and uh, I do know him and. Uh, liked him very much, and he stumbled upon us and picked out our blog as a top ten blog. So we're very appreciative of that, Dr. Manny. Very appreciative. I want to introduce uh, in, the, in the, the, the show tonight, as always, uh, joining us, Kenny Kane, our Vice President of Operations. Hello. Mr. Ginger Redhead. Thank you. Yes. He got rid of the red beard. Yeah. Arr. You look like 18 now. You look you, you cleaned up nice. You got the scruffy. You look like 26, 27. It was good, but... You got to grow up. Well, I was trying to run the half marathon as Richie Tenenbaum from, <laughs> from the Royal Tenenbaums, all scruffy and. And uh, Aaron Eloise, our uh, volunteer advocate and outreach. Hello, guys. Chief Gingelit Officer. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Future Gingelit Officer. E E and K K. Oh my God, my wife is in the chat room. Hello, B B. Hi, Jess. How are you? I guess the kids must be asleep because she's uh, she's in the chat room. She's BB. My wife is BB. Oh, she's BB one twenty seven. Yes. I never knew that. Yeah, that's my wife. That's Jess. K K E E and BB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's there too. M quad forty six is my dad. So. Oh, we can really screw around with him then. I need therapy at this point. I have too many family members listening to the show live right now. M quad forty six. M quad is awesome. My father had a CB handle in the seventies, like and and a handle my, <laughs> and a handle my mustache and the giant afro. So. <laughs> but his his um. His CB handle was MQuad, and I thought that was awesome. And I, I don't know, he was um, a draft, so he does drafting and technical drawing, and he's a brilliant, like, he can draw a straight line without a ruler, that kind of guy. Yeah. But an M space, E-M, an M space is a unit of measure in architecture when you're doing charts and isometrics and whatever. And I don't know. It was just I, need, a, I need the cricket button. <laughs> is that why they call it an M dash? M dash. Oh, There's also wow. an N dash, E-N dash, M and N Oh, space. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I also know that because I do geek coding in HTML. So anyway, um, all right, wow. So Matthew's family in the house. Yeah, we're in the chat yeah. room at least. I have a genetic attachment to the internet right now. But no, <laughs> Kobe, no Kobe and Hannah. No, no, my, my. Hopefully, I really hope they're sleeping. <laughs> Very soon, we've seen these tiny little headphones on each one of them. We've seen them banging on the keyboard already. I know. Well, they'll be nine months old. They'll be nine months old in two weeks. It's amazing. Well, I guess that would make them. Um, oh, my dad just explained what the hell M quad was. There you go. Oh yeah. Anyway, so anyway, Kenny Kane, Aaron Eloise, Lisa Bernhard. Uh, this is our first broadcast being live streamed. No, it's not being live streamed. Okay, we, we have, lied. All right, I That's lied. That's our first lie of the new year. I'm lying. <laughs> I'm absolutely lying. There'll be many more to come, by the way. Yes, <laughs> That's many just more. the first. I'm just the whole year is ruined, and we just yeah. keep going downhill. Yeah. Uh, basically, we're working with John Sabia of Hillside Media, and who will not be unplugging anything at the time that we're on the air as he's. 
He's fumbling the, around with some cords and making us he's very looking, nervous. He's looking, looking at like the he's, XLR box. He's, he's, he's already quitting. He's ready to pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a good surprise for our folks out there. It's going to be super awesome. We are going to start live streaming the show. We have all the equipment set up. We completely redid the radio studio. And um, slowly beginning, uh, once the technology works, we will be live streaming the show. So you'll be able to actually see our ugly, not ready for, not ready for radio friendliness. Um, I'm speaking to you, Kenny. Mugs. Sad face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. John Sabia is a real television professional, too. Right. For those of you that don't know the name John Sabia, if any of you have seen our documentary film or our documentary shorts or any of our sizzles regarding the OMG Summit or the Ungala, John is the man behind the magic there. Great guy, very talented, good stuff. Yep. All right, what else we got here? Uh, Zach what? Efron. We have to oh, talk about that Zach Efron. that was very cool. Zach Efron. Zach Efron came back to the stupid cancer world by way of a uh, celebrity video game contest. That's right. It was the Home Foundation, the our, home new, foundation. our new good friends at the Home Foundation. Yes. That's H period, O period, M period, E period, to the E to the I'm I. I'm going to start. Yeah, H to the 76, O to the M. Oh, <laughs> Uh, very nice, uh, very nice new friends at the Home Foundation had a celebrity video game tournament out in L.A. Red carpet, step and repeat, the whole shebang. And Zach came out on behalf of I2I and specifically his cousin yes. Emily Hobson. Yes, he was there for her. Young adult survivor. She was there. We got some pictures of them together. She's fabulous. She has been on the Stupid Cancer Show yes. a couple of times since I've been co-host with you. Yes. And so memorable. Uh, the first time she was on the show, I just loved her because she really stood out to me because she was having her own fundraiser and I just thought that was so cool. I hadn't heard of people doing that in the community and well, yeah, I mean, before we even you know talked about Zach or anything else, good. she was a she's salt of the earth force to be reckoned with. And if she's listening tonight or to the podcast, um, Emily, you rock. Emily is our newest member of the Young Adult Executive Board, which is our leadership task force of senior volunteers who are all survivors or affected by cancer. Right. A big deal. Welcome aboard. And so, yeah, Zach stood up, stepped up, did his thing, represented us, and he's... Wore a wristband. Wore a wristband, and now ZachGivesBack.com is where you can go to, to get involved, wear the shirt, support the man, yes, help please. us out. Cool stuff, ZachGivesBack.com. Yep, good stuff. We should put that in the chat room. Yeah. Well, E-E-K-K? Yeah. Well, that's it. You guys are chief do-what-I-say officers. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to get to our guests that in a minute, fun. but just one more quick thing. Um We'll be discussing this during the news segment, but uh, I have to acknowledge that we got our second corporate sponsor. And this is a big deal. It's like learning how to walk from crawling. Yeah. Qu Quicken. Everyone uses Quicken or Mint or, in, or QuickBooks. Quicken is our new corporate partner. They, they're signing on to be a partner for the OMG Summit. Give them a cheer, Matthew. We're very excited. We're going to give That's them cool. a big round of applause here. Yay, Quicken. Quicken. Everybody, yay, Quicken. Quicken. And I want to specifically thank Ann Kramer for hooking that connection up with us. We're very excited. Ann Kramer. It's the start of an, a magnanimous relationship, and uh, I couldn't be happier. And Ann Kramer will be at the uh, OMG Summit. She rocks. She's in the chat room She's right now, so room. check her out. Very, Ann very Kramer. exciting. Very, very exciting. There she is under Ann Kramer. All righty. Well, let's get this party started and introduce our, uh, our advocate spotlight tonight. All righty. Matthew, shall you or shall I? Uh, go ahead. You can take care of him. All right. I'm going to take care of him. Dusty Showers. I can take care of you. Over the last six years, Dusty Showers has unintentionally, sort of unintentionally, we'll let him explain, become an unusual advocate for breast cancer. While this six-foot-one, bald, 39-year-old male has played soccer his entire life and is a professional humane wildlife trapper in Florida, he's better known for wearing a pink bra. Okay. In, su in support, is that would that be the bro or the man's ear? The man's ear. Okay. In support of a fight against breast cancer. He's going to tell you all about it. Uh, looks like he's doing some great things in the fight for breast cancer, and we're thrilled to have him on our show tonight. Please welcome Dusty Showers. Dusty! Hey. How are you guys Hi, Dusty. doing? Welcome aboard, my friend. Well, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm very happy and grateful to be here. We are excited, and my first question is your real name, Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not a day goes by where I don't hear something. Um, my my birth name is Dustin Corey Showers, but I only hear that when uh, when I'm in trouble with my mom. But I've been called <laughs> Dusty since the day I was born. 
So, and no, I'm not an adult film star. It's not my porn name or anything like that. <laughs> well, isn't your porn name like your dog's name and then the street you yeah, grew up street. on? Right. I, I didn't I'm have Dylan to do Wainwright, that. by the way. Dylan Wainwright, that's my porn name. <laughs> With my dad and my wife in the chat room. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you mine. That's okay. My wife's is Cody Longdale, so there you go. Oh. <laughs> but back to Dusty Showers. <laughs> Dusty Showers. Who's not a porn star? No, not a porn star. We promise. Although you do wear a pink bra, which is awesome. It yeah, is awesome. I do. Um, yeah. So, so let's let's back up a bit. You're in Florida, and right. you uh, by day or by some part of your day, you run this uh, wildlife. You're a wildlife trapper in Florida, right. but you are a super advocate uh, for breast cancer awareness and raising money for breast cancer. So how did you originally get involved in the cause? Well, um, and let me be clear because it does send up some, some red flags. I'm a humane wildlife trapper, so I, I, you know, I do this to take care of the animals. But, um, but what happened probably, it was around 05, uh, my former mother-in-law had a, recently had a mastectomy, and I didn't know much about breast cancer. In my eyes, it was something that women got it, and they just took care of it, and everything was fine, and I didn't pay much attention to it. Then I started to, to understand that the gravity of it. So I got to, talked into to doing you know one of these long 60-mile walks or, or partaking in it as a crew, and uh, just because I didn't have a good reason to say no, but I'm thinking i got to go camp with a bunch of people. I don't want to do that. But I did it, and I fell in love with it. Um, you know, and as you guys know, when you when you're surrounded by people that are going through uh, some tough times, it, it can change your perspective on life. And um, and shortly after, I started to go through a divorce, and I have a wonderful ex-wife, but it was it was a tough a tough time in my life. And I did I felt like I didn't have anything, and I felt like I had lost everything. And you know, I was out there supporting the people of this walk, and and while they thought I was out there supporting them, that the reality of it was they were really supporting me. Mm, yeah. So, uh, so I stayed in it, and I did it the next year, and then the next year my team said, hey, Dusty, you're wearing this bra. And I go, no, I'm not. <laughs> and they said, yes, you are. And, you know, before I knew it, I, I had it on, and it was making some people smile. And, and uh, you know, people And saying, you looked pretty you. good in it, too. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's getting harder and harder each, uh, I'd say, each year to do that, but really each day it's it's getting harder and harder. So... But people started making them and getting them from all around the country, and you know I got them from seven-year-olds and and uh, people in hospice care, and it, it really means a lot to me now. And which, and so it means you're also not a drag queen. I am uh, not that it matters, but I'm, you know, I I like girls, and I'm not a drag queen. Uh, I only do the the bra for, um, uh, you know, I, I really do the bra to number one make people smile that need a smile, yeah. and number two to grab people's attention and then deliver the message. So and you you grabbed Oprah's attention. Yeah, yeah. How did that happen and why wasn't I there? In your suitcase or something. Well, you know what? I did give her um I, I gave her your your package. She does uh she does know about um about you guys. But uh you know, it's hard to get their attention and it's really something that I stumbled on and a girl that I had been dating, and uh, you know, she had sent my story in, and I didn't know anything about it. But it wasn't necessarily the context I wanted. It was uh, make over your man, and I said, well, I'm not really interested in that. And she said, no, I know. You know, we we sent in all the videos, and she knows about the pink bra. So, uh, so we decided to play it out. And you know, my number one thing there was I have to be able to to get my message out. So, uh, you know, I spent the weekend with Tim Gunn, and and Tim was uh, awesome. And uh, you know he's a he's a wonderful man. And then on stage, I got to you know I said to Oprah on behalf of my friends with breast cancer, I want to give you a, a, you know, a hug. So I gave her a hug and kissed. And I guess I call her doll. I don't remember it, but um, I was a little nervous at the time. <laughs> will, will you will you be rated by Susie Orman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting in the middle of that. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna let them fight it out. You're not Octa Dusty. <laughs> so you were up there and you you had sort of a you were what manscaped you had a man uh, makeover and you were able to did you show that show the pink bra as well well you know i'm i'm bald as it is and i you know i'm, I'm probably not the best dresser but i'm not the worst so tim looked at me and he said what am i going to do with this so you know, I, they decided to shave my head even more clean and then wax my back so that was the big thing is i i had my back waxed on oprah um in when I actually came out on stage, I had big boy clothes on, a vest, and 
but the whole video montage showed all my events and and you know me in the pink bra and they had me in pink chaps which really only come out for for my hoedown for hooters each year in my annual country event but but for the show, it made it look like I wear them all the time. But you know, my promise to my friends who are, are survivors is I'll do anything for you. As long as it doesn't take away from the cause, I'll do anything for you. So, so I never imagined that would be you know, going on Oprah in a pink bra and chaps, but um, <laughs> you know, whatever makes them smile. That's, that's, that's doing something. Getting on Oprah is a, not a bad way to go about it. Uh, let's talk more about what you do. I know you, you take part in the Komen three-day walk, and then I also, uh, after that, want to talk about, you, you have a touching video on your website where you also have two daughters, so mm-hmm. obviously the cause must be uh, close to your heart in that regard. Sure. Um, well, my, my daughters are Kinsey and Tegan. Uh, Tegan's 10 now, and, and Kinsey's 13, and their mother was also diagnosed two years ago, and you know, the interesting thing was I, I didn't even think about it. I just figured I was immune in you know, my family. And like I said, my, my ex-wife, Christy, is we're so close. And when she told me that she was diagnosed, I, I went through all those emotions, you know. And I, yeah. I, it was scary, and I was angry, and, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, doesn't it know who I am and what I do? This can't hit this close. And then I realized that it really can. It can hit anywhere. So, you know, now it officially runs in my family, and I have two daughters. So that that has become a, a very very important part of, of what I'm doing now. And they're they're all in. They love it. Uh, you know, they take part in the events that they can, and and they show their support in every way that they can. Uh, uh, Dusty, uh, we're going to wrap up in a second, but I, we had a question from the crowd, um, who love you by the way, and looking forward to seeing you again at the uh, the, the upcoming, which we assume you're going to be at the Young Survival Coalition conference in uh where is it this year orlando orlando, orlando. orlando. yeah yep. you'll get to meet aaron uh she'll be there we uh, met last year oh you met last year okay aaron was the excessively tall uh bombshell what were you wearing oh I, the the pink robe the pink bombshell redhead in the robe of course i remember that <laughs> who wouldn't try <laughs> that's the right answer but anyway we had a question from the chat room for you which was pretty much that um do you have an opinion on this shenanigans going on with um, Komen uh, trademarking the words for the cure and how that has affected the culture of the breast cancer community. Yeah, you know, that, that's a tough one. I, I've kind of I stepped back for a while and watched it and got a little bit of both sides. And and uh, I do understand Komen's position and I do understand the you know the angriness and the bitterness that it's causing. And um, I think that it's as simple as just not using the words for the cure. I, I don't use them for any of my videos or any of my events. Um, you know, I, Coleman is in a tough spot with it. And and I know for sure that there are people that do, do events and they raise cash. And sometimes they're a little short on bills at the end of the month, and they might take that cash and say that, you know, they'll replace it, and they never do. And that's all under Coleman's name. So... So that's not to say that it's fully acceptable and, and spending money on lawyers for, uh, you know, to protect something like that when the money is supposed to be going for a cure. Uh, it, it can be difficult to defend. To defend. Um, so my official position is I, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> that could be the right answer, too, by the way. Sure. That could, that's not really a test, although it's a test. You, lose, you win. <laughs> But before we wrap up with you, Dusty, definitely tell us more about specifically what you're you're doing and how other folks can get on board with you if they want to join up with uh, with with Dusty Showers, who also is the second baseman, right? That's the name of the that's the foundation that you started, or it's the website that you run. Well, I'm in the process of starting a nonprofit, so that that's what my what my goal is to do upcoming and. and my mission is to, number one, inspire people that, that kind of need a pickup or a, a smile. And then, number two, work with uh, with smaller, lesser-known organizations to, you know, to kind of partner with them to uh, bring some visibility to them. And, and while I do Coleman events, I, I play on every team. And I love, uh, you know, there's a lot of organizations that I, I love to work with that people have never heard of. And I, I really want to do some stuff with you guys. I, I want to get up there for OMG and and uh, I love what you're doing, and it's a whole new breath on everything. So, um, you know, so I don't want to be in competition with anybody. I want to fill in some of the gaps with some of these organizations that I might be able to bring a little bit more attention to and help some of the people that, you know, that we can physically look at and, and see what we're doing to help them. Well, if there's one thing we're going to miss at OMG would be a man in a pink bra. <laughs> so I'm going to let you know 
about five minutes before we launch registration, so you can absolutely register first and be guaranteed a spot. Awesome. I have to get in shape then. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, I, I, can't, I love what, look, yeah, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. No, it, it, it was great to, to meet you. It's great that we've been able to build this friendship, and it's it's a long-term thing. And I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm you, First of all, you got balls for what you do, <laughs> and I congratulate you on being a, an Uber advocate and, and just really representing. You're, you're, you're a heart and soul and a spirit. And, and he's in good much. shape, too. I've seen the pictures on yep. Facebook. Well, and, he's, and he's cute. <laughs> you, you, you're a nice-looking guy too. I mean, that's 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 you're all working for you, man. Nice-looking well, guy. You. Yeah. you got balls, and you're in a bra. You've yeah. got so much going on. Well, but you know what? I'm. I'm Where's Bravo? Older. This is a Bravo radio, <laughs> reality show waiting to happen. But I'm almost forty, and what's important to me now is having more depth than uh, than just just a bra. I need to have something uh, deeper than that, and and that's kind of been my fear for a while. Is is once I get fat and old, what's going to be left? So I'm. I'm right. working on building that, and that's what's important to me right now, and, and making sure that we make as much impact as we can. Well, thank you for existing. Thank you for doing what you're doing, and I'm I'm stoked to have had you on our season premiere broadcast. It means a whole lot to me, so uh, thank you guys. I really do Dustin appreciate Corey, it. Dustin Corey, and we say that fondly. Yes, yes. <laughs> All righty, Dusty. You take care of yourself. All right, we'll see you guys. Dusty you. Showers, everybody. Very, very awesome. He has, a, he has a very sweet video with his two daughters if you go to his uh, website. Oh, yeah? I believe we've posted in the chat room awesome. here. Yeah. Well, let's get to the news here, and we'll bring out Doug in a couple of minutes. Excellent. All righty. This is our news segment. Same old 80s music. Same, the 80s <laughs> never die. When, as long as I'm around, the 80s will never die. True that. All right. During this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we make a series of announcements to let everyone know about a whole bunch of stuff we don't want you to miss out on, like conferences, happy hours, retreats, scholarships, support groups, concerts, and more. If you have something coming up that you want to be have read during this part of the show, send us an email to info at stupidcancer.com. Coming up first, events.stupidcancer.com is your one-stop calendar shop for all of our events nationwide. Go to events.stupidcancer.com and stay in the loop. We probably have something going on in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out. Please support Team Stupid Cancer, our nation's first running team, to support the Amity Young Brothers Cancer Foundation. Go to TeamStupidCancer.com and make a donation to any of our runners and support their fundraising goals. All of the proceeds help us do what we do best. Registration for the fourth annual OMG Cancer Summit launches in two weeks. February 1st at one at sorry, 12 p.m. Eastern. Visit OMG 2011 and stay tuned on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget, every Tuesday after this show, <coughs> I let out a big cough. Gesundheit. Thank you. Uh, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society presents YA Connect, a free interactive webcast supporting young adults affected by all cancers. You can check it out at lls.org slash YA Connect. And we got all sorts of stupid cancer events coming up in your neck of the woods, starting with, what do you got here? North Carolina, Durham on January 18th. We've got uh, Stony Brook on January 20th. In Long Island, we've got January 27th in New Orleans, February 5th in London, Ontario. Um, and I think most interestingly enough, Johnny Immerman of Immerman Angels and I are teaming up for the Meet Two Bald Jews Stupid Cancer Happy Hour. The first team effort between the Amateur Young Brothers Cancer Foundation and Immerman Angels on Thursday, February 10th in Chi-Town. You can never meet enough bald Jews. No, two bald Jews welcome you to the first inaugural Super Cancer Happy Hour in Chicago. We're partnering with Gilda's Club, the Wellness Community, Young Survival Coalition, Breast Cancer Network of Strength, Northwestern University. Just good stuff. Really good stuff. And finally, just to let everyone out there know that First Descent, the nation's premier retreat nonprofit for young adults, has launched their applications for their events this year. Go to firstdescent.org today and sign up for any one of dozens of retreats that they are having. And finally, our friends at Kiteboarding for Cancer have opened their Young Adult Survivor Camp for 2011. Go to kb4c.org, Kiteboarding for Cancer, kb4c.org, and sign up. Lots of great stuff. Again, we don't want you missing out. And our charter is that no young adult goes unaware of all the great stuff available to them. All righty, and that is your news. 
and I finished on time. It you is actually time. That 8.30. Was a, and you were loaded with energy. I'm excited. This is 2011. Hair this standing up on the back year. of my neck. That was excellent, Matthew. <laughs> um, so I have a little uh, technical flub here. I just have to announce that I somehow uh, my login is uh, malfunction has malfunctioned on the Blog Talk Radio chat room. Oh. So I'm a guest. I've been chatting away here, but I'm a guest something, 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 something. It doesn't say my name. Well, just type your name, and then I we'll did. know that I did. I actually did. This is Lisa Bernhardt, by the way. Guest 34795. That's like 24601. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jean Valjean. <laughs> or guest... Uh, Nine oh one two four. What? What? Nine oh two one zero. Nine oh two one zero. What's Beverly Hills? Yeah. Yeah. Nine oh two one zero. Can I be that? Yes. No, yes. I'm not. I'm actually three five seven nine. Three four seven nine five. Okay. Who's Donna Summers we'll, then? We'll fix this. <laughs> Donna Summer. No. What was her Hot name? Hot stuff. Hot. Baby tonight. That song. Donna no, Martin. Donna, Donna Martin. Martin. Donna Martin graduates. Sorry, Phil. Exactly. Exactly. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Well, I got to tell you, I am, I am, super duper uber excited for my guest tonight and uh I'm it's a biggie gonna, I'm, this is a biggie this is a biggie it's a biggie super duper uber biggie all righty doug ullman is the ceo of Livestrong. in case you've never heard of them they are one of the nation's one of the world's premier cancer advocacy research and support organizations unheralded in what they do around the world he is one of the most recognized leaders in all of healthcare. The guy's so nice, he got cancer thrice. Doug is a survivor of contrasarcoma and a, two, a double battle stint of malignant melanoma while a sophomore in college. Uh, Doug and his family founded the Ullman Cancer Fund for Young Adults back in 1997 or 1996, I think, he'll tell us, which is a, uh, an amazing nonprofit organization that provides support, education, and resources specifically to young adults, one of the first in the country to do so. Um... Doug was the executive director of the Almond Fund for a couple of years before he joined Livestrong, and now he's their CEO. So that's that's the corporate ladder anyone can envy. This will be Doug's third appearance on the Stupid Cancer Show, and once again, we'll have to explain himself on how he got on a bottle, a box of Wheaties. Please welcome Doug <laughs> and a Allman. bottle of gin. And a bottle of gin. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Doug Almond. How Hi, the hell Doug. are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Great oh, to have you, Doug. Very excited to have you here. Um, season eight. If you could believe we're on eight seasons already. Think about that. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Our seasons are two weeks long, but what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> Season 7,009. Are you in Austin? Are you actually home? Because you travel so much. You know, I'm in Austin. I'm sitting in my house, uh, and I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. What's that like? <laughs> It's a it's a strange it's a strange feeling. I'm actually sitting at my desk in my study, which I don't know the last time I sat here, but uh but uh I'm excited to be home and I'm excited to be on with you guys. Can you still find your way around the house? You <laughs> well, remember where things clean. are like it stays, it stays clean. It stays clean, I'm never here. <laughs> Very nice. Maybe for his fourth time on we could do the show from Doug's house. <laughs> yeah, why well, anytime. You're right. welcome here. Anytime. That's it. All right, I'm ready. I'm packing my bags. I'm packing my bags. <laughs> so I mean I, I, we take for granted how you know well recognized you are in our community, but just for the sake of you know folks that are new listeners, and we have so many hundreds of thousands of people listening to the show now, just to make sure that everyone knows who you are, why don't you tell us what it was like to get cancer three times? At what were you nineteen, seventeen? Yeah, I was I was I was nineteen, and 19. Um, you know it as you know, and and so many others. I mean. It, it, it's just when you're a young adult, it's a shock. I mean, it's not something you expect, and 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 you feel invincible, and you're not thinking about cancer, much less any other you know sort of health problem. Uh, so I, I was a college athlete, and I was home for the summer, and uh, ended up in in the emergency room for something totally unrelated. Um, and uh, and lo and behold, a, a week later, after some further tests, was was diagnosed with a rare cancer called chondrosarcoma, and um, you know, again, it just it's it's uh, it was a shock, and 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 you go through all the, the 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 various sort of emotions of fear and denial and anger and frustration and um, uh, you know all the things that 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 come with it. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I I never forget where I where I was sitting and how it went down, and uh, it's something that'll be with me for the rest of my life. And you were an avid soccer player at the time. 
I, w- I was a soccer player, yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and still love the sport. And but but to be honest, it never had the same uh, never had the same exact meaning post cancer. I think you know everything sort of changed a little bit, and, and you you get different priorities, and uh, you end up thinking a lot about life and what's important. And um, while sports has always been a part of my life, and, and physical activity is something I I enjoy and, and do every day, uh, it just never had the, quite the same. Uh, same level of, of significance. So, Doug, I know that you talk about this a lot in public, but tell the folks out there again um, how exactly you first met Lance Armstrong. I love the story. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, this is about a year after I was diagnosed. Uh, I was sitting in my dorm room, and I had uh, started the Omen Cancer Fund uh, because I sort of experienced what many of us have experienced, which is that this this void uh, years ago in terms of what support uh, was available to people our age, uh, and there was such a lack of resources in that for that age group. Uh, so I started this organization, and, and one day I'm in my dorm room, and I get this email, um, and he said uh, something to the effect of, you know, I think we have a lot in common. I know you started an organization. I, I also have started a foundation. Uh, I know we're both athletes. You know, if there's anything I can ever do, let me know. <clears throat> and it was signed Lance Armstrong. And you know, I, I I joke all the time with him and others. You know, I, I wasn't a cyclist. I'd never really been to Texas, uh, and I didn't really I didn't really didn't really know who he was. Um, this is and, what year uh, again? This is 1997. This is before he ever won the Tour de France. Right. Um, now, he, his 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 rebuttal is that you know he was the world champion uh, at that time. But, <laughs> How dare you not my, know who he was? But but my rebuttal is: Can you tell me who the world champion of cycling is right now? Uh, and very few people can. So, right. um, you know, it, it, uh, but, but, but it was just an amazing thing. And, it, you know, technology was different back then. It, email was new. Email was not something that you did, you know, multiple times a day. It was something you did once or twice a week. Um, and it was more of, of, of a dialogue. And so we started emailing every couple of weeks. Um, did you have and, AOL? And you, it's okay to tell us you had AOL. You know what? I actually, actually I was in college. I had uh, Eudora. Eudora, uh, oh my God, I had Eudora. Uh, yeah. But uh, but but that's all I remember. <laughs> Eudora, uh, wow, you just brought back a whole lot of scary things that I wanted to forget when I was twenty years old. Wow, okay, exactly. Yeah, so, but that's so, how that's how we met, and uh, and uh, it's 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 been an evolving relationship since then. So so I think it's important to talk about how innovative you were in at the time. There was really the just the concept of you know, a non-disease-specific age group that deserved better and had unique issues was not even on the radar of the radar of the radar in the cancer world. And you started this organization around the same time as a couple of others we can mention as well, and it really just, it changed the game. It really just completely changed the game. And I, I, we joke with I2Y in this organization, like, where where were you when I needed you? I was diagnosed a year ago. Like, I was a year out of treatment when you guys soon launched, and I really could have used you. You know, it's just amazing that um, that you started this whole thing. And I, I know I've heard you give your keynote speeches a million times, and you went to your parents, and you said, I think we need to do something. So can you just talk us through what it was like to, to – what's the pitch, what's the sell? It was easy to your folks, but how did you get it off the ground? Well, you know, I think I- – <clears throat> Yeah, obviously I'm very fortunate to have great family and, and support from my parents and, and my brother, and um, they were all sort of bought into the concept. And, and the reality is that we were uh, we were naive and we were uh, audacious. I mean, we didn't really know what this was going to be, and we didn't really know uh, what it could be. We just knew from personal experience that there was a need. Um, and you know, sometimes I think it's better to go into things a little naive than than with fully sort of uh, developed plans because it takes you to places that you you might not have otherwise gone. Um, so I'm the first to admit that that I didn't know a whole lot about starting or running a nonprofit. I didn't know a whole lot about the data that we all know today exists on this population of young adults and the needs that they have. You know, we were going based on on, on emotion and based on a personal experience, and every person we talked to in every door that we opened, uh, you know, somebody else was nodding their head saying, yeah, you know, I, I had that same experience. And so uh, we sort of just felt our way through. Uh, and now in hindsight, it's easy to look back and say, gosh, we we may have been onto something. 
Um, but uh, it's just phenomenal to see what you've done and what so many other people have done uh, in the last 10 years because the landscape has changed so dramatically uh, that that people who unfortunately will be diagnosed as young adults today uh, will have so much more support uh, and opportunity than, than than we did years ago. And for the just less and and you still have your hair and I don't. So end of story. Lisa, <laughs> all you. Well, I also think that you tapped into something bigger. I mean, you also at the time you tapped into something culturally. The the symbol of live strong. It's above and beyond cancer, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's it's obviously what you do is is uh, first and foremost to benefit cancer and uh, and survivors, um, but it's beyond that empowerment for all of us. And I think that's you know what really propelled you, wouldn't you say, as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, we it's so interesting when you talk about nonprofit work and and service work. And, you know, oftentimes people will say to you, man, you know, things like you are doing so much good and you're helping so many people. And, and you know, the secret sort of reality and truth of the matter is that it's, it's a very therapeutic thing to do. And, and, and so I believe that Livestrong and, and the community that's been built around it um, is not only helping people who are in need, but it's also helping those who are, who are serving. Uh, because, you know, I think in life in general, we all want to be a part of a community. We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and, and feel like we're moving in, in the same direction with, with others uh, who are like-minded. And, and I think if, if, if that's sort of the biggest gift that we give to the community is, is this idea that, that, that there's this, this, this connotation or this, this brand or this inspiration or this hope, uh, then I think that's a, that's a good thing. We had a question from the chat room here. People just were curious to find out um, how far gone your melanoma was and what actual kind of treatment you had. And you were at Johns Hopkins? So, I, I was. Um, I was very fortunate to have great doctors, and both of my melanomas were found uh, early. Uh, the first one was uh, what, what what's called melanoma in situ, uh, which means that it's fully encapsulated and, and can be surgically removed, and, uh, and there's no uh, uh, really no chance that that, episode could could spread uh the second melanoma i had was was uh on my upper left arm and uh and that was a more invasive melanoma so a little bit deeper into the skin layer uh but still caught pretty early um and so i'm still monitored uh for that uh but but fortunately uh both melanomas were uh were surgically treated um lisa has a question for you oh i um Talking about going back to the organization, I was just curious, um, with Lance's cycling career kind of winding down, how does that affect the organization? Is he more involved now, or how, do, how is that dynamic now that his uh, cycling career is sort of coming to, coming to a close? That's a great question. You know, it, it's, I'll tell you a funny story. When I moved to Austin 10 years ago, a friend of mine called me. Lance had won two tours to France at that point, and a friend of mine called me and said, you better hurry up and start some programs <laughs> because this, you know, this thing, this thing can't last that long. And, 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 and truthfully, I mean, people at that time thought, well, maybe he'll win a third or a fourth, but he's not going to win seven. And, and so obviously, you know, that happened, but when he retired uh, several years ago, uh, his first retirement, um, people worried about the same thing. They said, well, what's going to happen? And, and the reality is we didn't really know other than the fact that, he had so much more time to devote. Um, he was able to travel more. He was able to go to more conferences. He was able to spend more time on the president's cancer panel and things like that, that, that prior to that, he had been living six months a year in Europe and just didn't have the time. And so um, I'm anticipating that that's exactly what's going to happen. Although, you know, he'll end up doing some triathlons and staying active. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that he uh, is never going to be, uh, you know, quote unquote, retired uh, in the in the true sense of of sitting still and, and not being uh, really an active person, and and so at age 39, you know, I'm I'm envisioning him being uh, even more active in the cause than he ever has been. And, and that also speaks to the the phenomenal transformation the organization has made in the last five or six years since the wristbands came into your your universe. The Lance Armstrong Foundation has become Livestrong. It's become more than Lance, and it's become a global phenomenon with the summit that you had in '09, and you did this whole international tour with all these countries. Can you talk to us about 
how valuable this has become to the larger sort of global issue by getting all these other countries on board? Yeah, I think you hit on something really important, and, and it's something that, you know, Lance will be the first one to tell you, that he was so excited about the Livestrong brand growing uh, because he always had this, this, this sort of uncomfortable feeling about having his name on the, on the foundation title. Um, and I think Livestrong has given us an opportunity to reach not only more people, but to have a longer-term horizon. Uh, because the fact is that, you know, in, in 10 or 15 or 20 years, you know, Lance's visibility will be less than it is today. Um, but Livestrong, if we do a, a, a great job of stewarding this brand and, and, and continuing to grow it, uh, hopefully we'll have even, even greater significance. Um, and, and on the international side, you know, cancer, uh, we now know, is, uh, <clears throat> is the number one cause of death around the world. It's also... Um, while we used to assume that cancer was a, a disease of the developed world, we now know that 70% of new cases are occurring in the developing world. And so what we hope to do to bring to the international sort of scene is a, is a recognizable brand and, a, and an iconic spokesperson who can say, you know what, as, as, a, as a world community, a global community, we're not doing everything that we should be or could be uh, to really eradicate the suffering that this disease causes. So, uh, the, having that Livestrong brand uh, and, and also having Lance's uh, uh, visibility internationally has been extremely, extremely helpful. How much of the brand has helped uh, fight the stigma of cancer in, in the developing countries? Have you come up against that where, you know, in a lot of African countries, it's people are regarded almost as untouchables when they get cancer. It's, you know, stay away from the rest of the community. And Have you come up against that, and is there a way that Lance and the organization – uh, transcend that and, and really help the image, so to speak, of cancer in developing nations? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, about three years ago, we did research in 25 countries around the world, and and we asked people what they thought of cancer. We asked about perceptions. We did media audits, so we looked at what the media was writing about cancer, and what we found was for an organization like ours that's based in the United States that doesn't have plans to open offices you know, all over the world and, and doesn't have country or region specific expertise that the best thing we could do was really work on on the issue of stigma that you mentioned uh, because in many countries survivors aren't out telling their story uh, they're not talking about what life is like post cancer they're not giving people uh, that image that you can actually survive um, and so the perception is that cancer is a death sentence the perception is in many cultures that cancer uh, can be contagious the perception is that there's nothing that can be done, uh, and we all know that that's not the case. However, you know, if, if we can imagine what it was like in the United States 30 to 40 years ago, that's probably the same uh, beliefs and attitudes that were that were prevalent. And so, uh, by Lance sort of sharing his story, and 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 one of our goals is to have is to train cancer survivors all over the world to share their story publicly in an effort to uh, uh, change the stigma. Uh, reduce the stigma and ultimately show people that cancer is a disease that you can actually survive. And I guess this this opens up a larger question we have here. Obviously, uh, many people may know that this is coming up, but the 40 year anniversary of the war on cancer is coming up, and it just I can't help but harken back to like how long is this going to keep going on and people's frustrations. And even if you're in the advocacy world or if you're not, it's something that people are just getting tired of. There was a very interesting piece that was written up a couple of days ago. I, I think I posted it on my Facebook wall, got a whole bunch of comments. But should we just call a spade a spade, that it's not really a war anymore, and we're, this is just part of civilization, and we're going to deal with it like we did any other chronic disease? That's a good question. I mean, you know, I think that people have grown tired of, of, of the terminology, and people have grown tired of, you know, how how long can you can you fight a war? <laughs> Uh, without without a, a victory. Now, look, has progress been made? Absolutely, but um, you know there's still barriers to ultimately solving the problem, and and those barriers are not insurmountable. But but in the current structure, uh, I'm not sure we're gonna I'm not sure we're gonna get there. So I, I don't want to be, you know, I, I don't want to give up and say you know it is what it is. But you know there are a handful of things that could be done. Uh, that I think would have a dramatic impact uh, long term. And so, 
you know, the terminology I do think is 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 troublesome. And the other thing I'd say, and, and uh, somebody once once sort of told me this, they said, you know, when President Kennedy uh, went to Houston and, and announced that we were going to go to the moon, he didn't say how much it was going to cost. Right. And he didn't say how much money we were going to put towards it. He said, we're going to do it. And I think that that's the, you know, the attitude, not that money is the only issue, but that's the attitude we should, we should have, which is if we want to solve the problem, we need the resources to solve the problem. Uh, and, and let's not hamstring ourselves by, by, by cutting back or by only allocating certain resources to, to the bigger issue. I mean, the reason I asked that question is because, I mean, we talked about progress. I would say the most measurable shift in cancer advocacy in the last 20 years has been more of a focus on quality of life and navigation. And you guys really took the reins and are, are, are the gold standard in navigation with the Livestrong uh, Survivor Care programs. I, I keep going back to this specifically through the lens of young adults where we're the ones that need such unique age-specific navigation, there are now professional societies of nurse navigators that didn't even exist before. Sure. Um, sure. What are you guys doing and where do you see yourselves headed as far as standardizing or building standards of care or nationalizing navigation? Well, this is, so this is a good point because one of, one of our board members, Dr. Harold Freeman, who you know, who, who is based just up the road from you in Harlem, um, who really pioneered this term navigation, one of the things that Dr. Freeman says all the time is that the war on cancer has been fought in the research labs. And he says, you know, wars are fought hand-to-hand -hand combat. And his, his analogy is if we fought this war in neighborhoods, in communities, on the streets, door-to-door, -door, by educating people, by helping them navigate, by getting them screened, by providing access to quality care, if we really did that, we'd have a dramatic impact. I think his, the last statistic he told me was that a third of all people who die in the United States every year from cancer would survive if they were only given the treatment that we already know is available today. Exactly. exactly. So, so if, we did, if we did no more research, if we did no more additional biomedical or scientific research and we just applied the medicines we have today to the people who need them the most, that's 200,000 lives a year that could yes. be saved. And so that's that's unacceptable. That shouldn't happen in the United States in 2011. Well said. Doug, you're, um, you're going back and talking about your relationship with Lance has, has been so ongoing. How does that, having such a close personal relationship and uh, working with him professionally, how does that sort of shade things professionally, I guess? Because you guys are really, you're, you're joined to the hip in a lot of ways, correct? Yeah, I mean, we've we've definitely developed a relationship um, that continues to to evolve, and and you know, uh, it's been great. I mean, we, we uh, enjoy working together. We um, he's he's incredibly driven, um, and focused, as you <laughs> Wait, might what? imagine. Uh, yeah, as <laughs> you <laughs> might imagine. Shocking, I know. Um, the good thing, the great thing about Lance is that he he has tons of ideas, uh, and yet at the same time, he doesn't micromanage. Um, so, you know, if you imagine the guy is out on his bike for five or six hours a day, oftentimes by himself or, or with one or two people, and he comes back, he's had a lot of time to think about a lot of things. <laughs> and so he'll call and he'll say, hey, I came up with these ideas on the ride. And some of them, you know, he'll he'll want us to follow up on, and some of them he'll say, you know, take it or leave it. Um, but he's he's very, he's always thinking about new things, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, it, it's we have a great relationship. It, it doesn't mean we always agree, and sometimes we we banter back and forth and 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 hash things out. But uh, but all in all, I mean, I think we're we're both motivated by uh, a desire to really have the biggest impact we can. And and if we don't, um, I think we will both uh, see it as a real missed opportunity. Yeah, you, you, there was an interesting quote that you um, gave in that article that ran in Fast Company, which. Obviously, you know, touched on the investigation with Lance that's outside of of Livestrong's sure, cycling sure. world, and and uh, you know, I'd kind of be remiss in not bringing this up, but I just wanted to pick up on one interesting quote of yours in that piece, which, when asked about that investigation, um, you said that it's made you more focused in your position at Livestrong. Can you expand upon that? Well, you know, this whole investigation uh, from the foundation's perspective um, has been incredibly frustrating. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
you know, it 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 is detracting um, time and attention from the cause that millions of people care about. And so for for me, I think that quote was really more of, you know what, I, I have to I have to worry and you have more and, important and, things to do. Yeah, I've got to focus and worry about things that are that are really significant. And to me, that's making the world a better place for people that are suffering from cancer. And 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 sometimes I uh, I wish that that everybody else would sort of uh, you know maybe keep their eye on the ball and 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 realize that you know so few of us ever get the chance to to really change in a positive way uh, life for other people. And that's what uh, what the foundation is trying to do. And and it's unfortunate that uh, that we're having to spend any time sort of, you know, uh, away from that focus. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, it's, you know, it's it's almost like uh, it's, we hearken it to like this thing Toman's going through now where they're just trying to do their job. And this whole thing about they're suing for the cure got so blown out of proportion in the media. And right. people are just spending way too much time focusing on it. Their public statement made a lot of sense. It corrected a lot of the errors, but people just aren't listening, and it's sort of detracting from the larger picture. But I, I wanted to tie this back to World Cancer Day, which is coming up soon. Um, how old is World Cancer Day? What does it do? Why does it matter? And what role does Livestrong play in that? So World Cancer Day is, um, as you mentioned, coming up on February 4th. You know, I think as the global burden of cancer becomes – more prevalent and people start to realize that there are things that we can actually do to to make a difference you know this this day becomes more important and so for us it's a day of raising awareness that 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 you know it's it's really led by the international union against cancer um and and we're going to play a role in helping to promote that and and we're asking others to to do the same so um it's sort of a you know there can't be in my opinion enough uh sort of uh, flagship moments where people can stand up and sort of support uh, in, a, in, a, in a big way uh, the cause that we all care about. And uh, we got about five minutes left. Um, I wanted to, obviously, you, you were obligated to tell us about the Wheaties box, so go ahead. <laughs> By the way, and it's that's, that's not just me pulling your leg. That was actually in the bio that they sent me. It's it's such a long time ago. I can't even remember. No, I I, um, I, I will I will admit this. This is going to be really embarrassing. I will admit that uh as i mentioned i'm sitting in my study in my house and i have a a, a Wheaties box on the wall here nice. uh, so i actually so i actually so it's jogging my memory but uh but i was i was selected with 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 five other uh, uh individuals um many years ago to to appear on a on a on a on a Wheaties box uh, uh it was actually a new cereal they were launching called Wheaties Energy Crunch and uh it was quite an experience. I got to learn a lot about cereal and a lot about their business model. Um, and uh, it was humbling and embarrassing all at the same time. Very nice. Matthew's hoping that his excessive tweeting and Facebook posts can get him on a Wheaties box. I'm no, I don't sure. want I I to I, I get on a – what should I get on? A Cocoa Krispies. On a, on a Wheat Thins box. Wheat, no. <laughs> you're, well, you're well on your way. You're, you're almost there. You're almost there. Cookie Crisp. I'm going to go with Cookie Crisp. The, the sport of using his opposable thumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doug, I, you tweet every day that you're going for running or for jogging. What, just personal quote. Do you use the Wii or the Connect? Are you using any of that stuff? You know, I, I don't. I've started, I've started uh, using uh, uh, this Map My Fitness app, uh, which, is, which has just been uh, which has been awesome. I mean, it's so easy, and, and you just hit start and stop, and it tracks everything for you, and and that way you can listen to music and do whatever you want to do. But uh, but I get bored easily, so I I typically run with other people because I can't uh, I can't really do stuff that's that's one dimensional like just listen to music and run. <laughs> <laughs> and Doug, has your um, athletically or any other way physically your uh, three time <laughs> survivorship affect anything that you do now physically in terms of your health or no? Yeah, do you have any dangling participles? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting. I um my the chondrosarcoma, I had part of my rib cage taken out. Uh and and every once in a while when the weather changes or things, you know, I'll have I'll have pain and there's still a lot of scar tissue, but it doesn't really prevent me from from doing things. The the melanoma is is obviously something that I worry much more about um and uh and obviously have to be very careful being out in the sun. Uh so I tend to run at you know, early wee hours of the morning when it's when it's uh, very dark out. Uh, and then just try and limit how much time I, I spend out in the in the sun. 
Right. And uh, final question for you. Who's your pick for the Super Bowl? Well, you know, this is really devastating because I'm a big Ravens fan, and uh, and they, you know, had the game in their grasp and gave it away the other night. So, oh, okay. Uh, for the so Super Jets Bowl. So baby all the see. way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough. There, there are a lot of good – I mean, the, the Chicago Green Bay game is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, both of those teams are playing really well, and, and obviously uh, Pittsburgh and the Jets will be uh, will be a tough fight, literally. <laughs> Jets. All right, so I'm, no, I'm no, saying, official, no official answer. Come no on. official answer, huh? Okay. Okay, well, just just on your behalf, the Jets. All right, Thank all you. right, all right. We can <laughs> all right. We get the Jets. All right, okay. It's a little New York green going on. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking all the time to spend, to be with us. Uh, you're the consummate diplomat of our time. I've known you for eight years now, if you can believe that, and it's been an honor, a privilege to serve and follow in your footsteps. And I hope to meet well, you in person soon, Doug. I, I as well, and and thank you for what you're doing. I, I it, it it really, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's going to take all of us. Yes, and it's going to take every one of us playing playing a role and doing our part. And your leadership is uh, inspiring. So thank you, Doug. You take care of yourself. Good luck. Give my best to the team. Thanks, Doug. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. Doug Allman, CEO at Live Strong. Now that was a hell of an interview. Hell of a one. Hell of an interview. I love Doug. We say so ourselves. Great. No, he's a terrific guest. And, and I said uh, he's the consummate diplomat of our time. I, to see him. To see his career go from I met him in 2002 or 2003, he had just just joined Livestrong. He was their um, director of survivorship, I think was his title. Right. And he was just doing his thing. He was great. He was still working with the Almond Fund. He was on their board. The Almond Fund's still around. It's right. AlmondFund.org. They do great work down in Baltimore. And, man, it's just been so amazing to see him. Oh, I forgot to ask him if they're going to do another Livestrong Summit. But, okay, we'll figure that out. Next time. Next time. Next time. Um, anyway, that that's a good show. That's our opening show, season eight. Season eight, broadcast premiere. But we need to, before we leave, we should talk about our Stupid Cancer Forums. Yes, I want to turn it over to Kenny Kane. We launched something. Basically, one of the things this organization likes to do is listen to people. And we listened to our crowd, and they wanted something that we weren't offering, which is a better way to connect with each other through our website, through our events like the OMG Summit through the radio show and through our blogs, just a way to stay in touch, to stay sticky, if you would. <laughs> so I give props to Mr. Kenneth J. Is it J? It is J. Kenneth J. Kane. Thank you for that wonderful segue, Matthew. <laughs> for really, you built the damn thing in like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's become this juggernaut. But tell everybody what it is and how they, they can get involved. Well, it's a typical forum in the sense of uh, – typical forums and what you can do is you can go over there and log in with your facebook account and never have to remember a password again which is nice in a world where you have 19,000 user accounts so check it out continue the conversation from the blog talk radio into our shout box and give us the uh, url for that it is stupidcancerforums.com well yeah i mean and the shout box is cool we have a live chat during the radio show but that chat shuts down when the show shuts down and you can continue the conversation in the live chat on the forums. Well, well into the night with our people from Seattle. Yeah, that is true. But I think what's interesting is we partner with, we mentioned navigation on the show tonight. We are partnering with the um, National Coalition of Oncology Nurse Navigators because navigators recognize that young adults navigate and connect with each other through programs and platforms like our forums. In other words, they get very sticky. Very sticky. Not stinky, sticky. Sticky. They sticky. stick to each other. Yes. Stick to our forum. Like Gorilla Glue, but different. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's okay. <laughs> anyway. And uh, we, love those nurse, we love those nurse navigators. No, we do. And also, just for the record, if you are a young adult with cancer or a young adult uh, whose sibling is sick or a young adult whose partner is sick and your parents need peer support, we have a section on the forums for your parents. We found that there's very few online resources for parents in their 50s, late 40s, 50s, 60s, whose young adult children are sick. And we wanted to just fill that gap and be part of the process and part of the solution to give those amazing people who support us along the way, we hope they support us along the way, uh, an opportunity to connect with other young adult 
other parents of young adult survivors. I think your dad just signed up. I, I, I was just going to say, I think your, da- your dad's going to run that forum, isn't he? Oh, God. He's posting uh, pictures from your early days. My bar mitzvah? Oh, no. <laughs> you still have hair. I, no, I, I, think, it, I think it's actually the bris. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they didn't have film back then. That's okay. Anyway. All right. You know what? I think this was a good show. You I do? Think this is a good show. You do? I'm going to go thumbs okay. up. Ebert, what about you? Uh, word. <laughs> Roper? What? What? Yeah, no. You're not Roper. No. Okay. Roper. That's more not. attractive. Definitely not. You nearly killed her. <laughs> what? <I don't... laughs> Lisa's not here right now, but if you'd like to leave a message. Anyway. Good show, Matt. Thumbs All up. Right. All right. Now it is time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, folks, that's tonight's show, our 166th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. I'd like to thank our guests, Dusty Showers and Doug Ullman. And our live in studio friends, Kenny Kane and Aaron Eloise. Next week's show on January 24th, Marrow Myths. That's right, Marrow Myths. People be here for that show. When we will have Katerina Harf, CEO and co-founder of DKMS America's Bone Marrow Donor Center. Alina Supernova, head of business development at DKMS America's. Emily Peterson, senior resource development specialist at the National Marrow Donor Program. And in the Survivor Spotlight, Lindsay Rout young adult survivor, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and Amanda Swilling, a young adult cancer advocate. All right, folks, if you missed any of our past shows over the last seven seasons, subscribe to the iTunes podcast and download them. Download them for free at iTunes. That's stupidcancer.com or check out the archives at stupidcancer.com. Remember, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you back here next week live from the chemo deck, Lisa Bernhard, Captain Steuben, Kenny Kane, Aaron Eloise, and I wish you all a great week. Go to bed, Dory. Go to bed, Ann Kramer. Ann Kramer, go to bed.